Hello and welcome to Cooking Your Way Through Life. Today's episode is Cooking Your Way Through a Pandemic, and today's recipe is a tofu Buddha bowl.、Yeah. <laughs> Cooking Your Way Through Life is a podcast combining knowledge of the kitchen and applying it to real life situations. This podcast is all about understanding techniques to make things you already know even better. Topics from traveling on a budget, setting and achieving short and long term goals, and of course, cooking. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the pandemic, how it affected us, how we're still being affected, and if we actually came out as the same people on the other side. It's something that affects everybody at the same time around the world, and it's something we want to attack head on. We're also going to teach you how to make an amazing Buddha bowl with some new spices that me and my co host created together. So sit back, get ready, and enjoy. Please welcome Chef Hollywood. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Cooking Way Through Life with me, Chef Hollywood. Today, we are going over something that all of us experienced last year and we're still experiencing now, and that is cooking your way through a pandemic. So I just wanted to Get, I just wanted to touch base with one of my good friends and kind of go over some questions that I've been had and just like pick his brain about some of these things and hopefully help you out there as well. So I have my friend TJ here, which you guys know from my season one, who is a creator, teacher, director, choreogra- choreographer, choreographer, it, yeah. <laughs> and podcast host. And I've also been on his podcast twice. So, I mean, we pretty much keep collaborating because we have such a good time. So, without further ado, TJ. Hi. Hi. It's so good to be back. I'm,、uh, I had a great time the last time. And when you asked me to do season two, I was like, duh. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. And I, we touched on pandemics on, when I was on your podcast,、yeah. which, you know, and it gave me the idea of really like diving deep into it and having you on here to, you know, when I'm on your podcast, you're very good at like letting your guests kind of just talk a lot. So I talked all the time. So I want to pick your brain、sure. this time and make you talk. You got it. So. <laughs> Also, I'm glad that you're here because we have a special, <gasps> special announcement for the people. Since me and TJ have worked together so many times, we thought that we we're going to collaborate on something else. And we're actually doing a special two pack seasoning blend for not only made by me, but distributed by TJ. Yeah. And all of his stuff. So, everybody out there that listens to TJ Podcast, Ease Podcast, You will hear about this as well on there. But for you guys who are listening to me, TJ and me are going to talk about it today. And we're going to use these two spice blends on the recipe today as well. Yes, I can't wait. I mean, so let's just go rewind a little bit so all of your viewers know. <clears throat> yes. You have been doing a lot of great cooking classes, and there's always TikToks and stuff like that that you were doing. Every time, every time you post something, I am. Hounding you. I said, So, when is the vegetarian? When is the vegan option coming along? When is the vegan option coming? This hasn't happened. It hasn't happened in two years, right?、Yay. Vegetarian, okay, but I'm vegan. I said, When is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? So, finally, I said, Well, can you just make me a spice that I can put on some tofu? And then you were like,、hmm, Okay. And I think that's how it like stemmed from all of this was like just、yeah. conversations of like, When is the vegan thing happening? And just hounding each other for it. And we've collaborated so much. Like, even after the last time you were on my podcast, it, the idea started flowing already. We were kind of in the, in the, the small、uh, seedling 
uh, of it. And then we kind of just made it flourish kind of quickly. So I'm excited to do this and kind of get this, the ball going on it. I'm excited too. I, we, um, it was a true collaboration. I, asked you what you like, you mm-hmm. know, and then I kind of curated from there. So I like doing that where someone actually gives me something that I can give back versus you just saying, go do it. Yeah. And then, <laughs> so yeah. this was great. This was great on both sides. And it made me appreciate vegan options a little bit more too. So I actually had to dig deep and make sure that the most important thing, which we're going to talk about a little later is with vegan options, you can't hide behind the protein. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure that all of your vegetables are highlighted. Yeah. And so these spices do that, which I really, really like. So we are going to not hold you guys in suspense. Today, the, rep- today the recipe that we're making is going to be a tofu Buddha bowl. And we're going to top it with a tahini sauce that's made with some maple syrup, mustard, tahini, and one of our special spice blends. Yeah, our special. I mean, I when we were discussing about what to make for this this episode, you know, specifically, and kind of leaving it up to you know collaboration, seeing like what's the best vegan option, and I think that Buddha bowls are kind of fall right into that. You don't necessarily have to be a vegan to love a Buddha yeah. bowl, so it, it's kind of universal with flavors. You're kind of tricking yourself and and thinking like, oh, there's no protein in it, but you're really, it's packed with like nutrients and there's tons yeah. of vegetables. There's grains sometimes. There's there's a lot of greens. So I think Buddha bowls are a really great option to to bridge that gap between, you know, trying something vegan or vegetarian that you normally wouldn't in, in this type of setting. Yeah, I totally agree because everything that's in here are things that I normally eat anyway. I mm-hmm. just... I don't normally put them together in one bowl. Yeah. And when I was like researching Buddha bowls and different things, I was like, no, this is something that I can literally stand behind and not push on somebody to try, but I can be like, you already eat these things. Mm-hmm. And I promise you, once you put them together, they're even better. So yeah. each one, each one of these ingredients just enhance the flavor of the next one, which yeah. makes it even better. So, mm-hmm. all right, guys, we we're not doing a lot of strenuous cooking today. So, the biggest thing you want to do is make sure our mise en place is in place. So mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we are using the best quality ingredients because once again, when you don't have anything to hide behind, you will taste everything. So this is not the time to use, you know, that old vegetables you have in the fridge. That's in the about- drawer, in the bottom of the drawer. Yes, yeah. this is not that time. So <laughs> this is when you want to use your best vegetables. You want to actually taste these amazing vegetables. We are going to cook some of these in different ways. They kind of give us different textures, different flavors. But we want to get our tofu together. So we're using extra firm tofu together today. today. And that's going to help us in having a structured Buddha bowl. So we don't want to actually have like a bowl with the different items and not just a tofu sauce on there yeah so extra firm is going to help us with that we're going to use some sweet potatoes we're going to use some grape or cherry tomatoes Mm -hmm. i recommend these two because they are usually in season about 10 to 11 months out of the year versus your traditional tomato which is normally in season about two to three months out of the year oh i didn't know that 
this way you have that great flavor. So sometimes unless you live somewhere where it's going to be great for farming tomatoes year round, uh-huh. when you buy tomatoes in the grocery store, sometimes you they'll be red, but they'll have no flavor. Oh. It's just a red piece of cardboard. 100. So you do <laughs> you don't want that in this bowl because we're like I said, we're just going to have things in there. We want to taste all the flavor. Mm-hmm. And then next we're going to have some cucumber, some cabbage and i didn't ask you do you like red or green cabbage you know i i think for me it's a it's a visual thing so the more color i can have the better and i mean i don't know they probably crunch the same they probably taste the same so it's just kind of a visual thing i like red cabbage some people feel like it has a deeper kind of bitter taste um more of a when you're tasting it raw and I, I I don't disagree with that, but I like it. I don't know. Yeah. Like I, I kind of like that with it. Yeah. I like, so I like red cabbage. So yeah, let's go to red cabbage today. Because we're also going to use some kale. And I think that red visually, as you're saying, is going to really play good off of that deep green in the kale. Mm-hmm. So that kale is going to give us that deep green. We're going to use an avocado. Well, if you guys like avocado, it's a great topper to go on top. So we're mm-hmm. definitely going to add it in there. And then last, we're going to add in some beets. And for this one, I'm going to add in a red and a golden beet. Yeah, I'm still on that same path of colors and just basically making this a very visual bowl here. So we're going to get all those items together. And before we get started and getting any cooking process out of the way, we're going to have our mise en place out. We're going to jump into today's topic. So, whew. A pandemic. <laughs> Could you believe it? Could you even believe it? I never thought when I was a kid that this would be something that I would be like, yeah, that's that's happening, you know. It or adult, there. like no. Yeah, yeah. But I think because we were we grew up past the knowledge of when the last one was. And like I don't re- ever remember being in school thinking like, oh, that last pandemic was so close. Yeah. You know, yeah, like it, I never it felt like years away like yeah. it felt like something that the history books and when i think history books growing up is like something that is out of my sight yeah. out of my mind completely mm-hmm. uh, so with us going through a full pandemic and i mean a whole year already has passed right now mentally are you okay like did you take care of your mental state in the last year and do you feel like you're in a good space now i think it's important i think understanding mentally how to get over this or even when you were in the pandemic how to deal with it was very important you know and mm-hmm. for for a lot of people staying inside was mentally hard for them to do because they were active or or they're really um, extroverted so they needed to be around people to feel alive i felt comfortable by myself and doing things by myself and feeling like I could kind of entertain my own self. So Mm. for a very long time during the pandemic, I was fine. I mean, we all had, we all had Netflix and we all had Hulu and we all had prime and we all had all these options. And as we were going through, I never felt to myself, gosh, this is really, it's a lot of work just to occupy myself. So I, during the beginning of it, I think it was, my mental state was kind of in a pause because we all thought it was going to be a two week sort of, you know, pause. We're going to get, then we'll get back to work. The whole world will start again. But after the two weeks, it turned into three weeks and it turned into a month. And I, by the time April rolled around, it was kind of, we were really 
deep into it. And that's when it kind of settled in with like, okay, well, maybe I'll be fine living by myself. And and I I was lucky enough right before the pandemic, I, I found a place and, you know, it got it but the floors got redone it was like moving ready so i was moving in january and february to this place and it was a great space i was setting it all up and by the time middle of march hit i was like dang like this didn't this could have come at a a better time Mm -hmm. and i was able to like kind of start living in the space and figuring it out so the first couple months i was just you know moving things around and kind of really playing home in my home and i was fine and i would you know i would just drink i mean i don't know how many bottles of wine i drank but you know (laughs) zooms with with people and friends and then as soon as the summer hit i mean i was still what a new term then was remote working i was remote working still yeah and that was something very few lucky people were able to do, but then the whole world kind of transitioned to doing. So I was, I was working from home. I was doing that. Um, but then the summer came around and I was like, dang, this is, this feels weird. This feels like, <laughs> I don't know. And the, the writing was on the wall for the cruise and lighting industry and what I was doing as a, um, as a manager for talent acts for cruise lines. I, the cruise lines weren't coming back. And there was, yeah. there isn't very much we could do. So there, there was a moment in time where they were like, we can't physically keep everybody on. And I said, you know what? That's fine. And from there, it, I felt a little stunned, but I could see it coming. And it really didn't, I didn't think it affected me. And then I moved into what now has been like my, my life, which is like virtually learning and mm-hmm. really shifting into like, teaching classes online, choreographing online, which is completely bonkers. Um, Kind of hosting events, live virtual events. And I made this really big pivot with a lot of help from, from a lot of people. And, and mentally it was something new, which I was really, really thriving at. And I was like, dang, this is a new way of thinking. And I really loved it. And I loved teaching online and I loved choreographing. I was like, kind of bent my mind in a way that I wasn't using it before coming out, out of like, Oh, we have to let you go from this, from this management job. So my mental state flipped because I was, I was always trying something new in my mind. But then towards the end of last year, things started opening up. And then there was this like weird, weird, weird spot where it was like, things are half open, but half virtual. Mm-hmm. People wanted things both online. And then my mind was thinking too much. It was like, okay, well, I have to do half of it here and half of it there. And I yes. mentally, I started getting a little bit bogged down but then i started doing new taking on new projects i was like oh okay well this is fun teaching kids online was a savior like what kids uh what people think kids lack in in maybe not they don't know technology they still interact yeah they still understand that on the other side of that computer is our friends and people and their peers and people that are going to teach them. So they still have that interaction. And that was a saving grace for the end of last year. And then my mental state and, you know, it gets into the holidays and you're like, okay, well we've been at this in 10 mm-hmm. months, you know, and then it started rolling around to the beginning of the, this year, 2021. And it kind of more and more things started happening online. And I felt like I kept getting bogged down with all of it. And 
I seriously think, and we're recording this at the end of March, I got to a point kind of probably in February where I was like completely burned out from it. I was, because more things were going virtual, but people were asking different things or asking more. They wanted this and that. There was a couple of weeks where I, I felt completely drained and my mind was just on autopilot, which is not healthy because I was just, I'd have, I prepared lessons after lessons. So I was just going through the lesson without, Mm -hmm. without learning something along the way. And that was, it wasn't becoming healthy for me. So one year later, I think I'm starting to feel the the effects of being in a pandemic versus being in that, the heavy, you know, of that end of spring, summer. I, what I didn't, I didn't feel affected by that. I actually felt the opposite. And I know a lot of people, um, have had had really hard times during that time but for some reason my world was shifting and, and I was shifting along with other people who wanted that that same energy and really helping each other out made it through and getting through that summer and into the the fall and into the winter and I was just talking to a friend about this I was like I've kind of completely lost motivation and like the the drive to do anything because mm-hmm. I think that burnout just finally hit me just now a year later where it's like oh okay well this is probably what people were going through a year ago because mm-hmm. of you know lost jobs or they're having to find a way to feed their families or they were having, you know, to pay for their mortgage or pay for their car or or any of those things that I'm sure were immensely huge responsibilities. And that's something Mm -hmm. that that as gay workers, that's stuff that we try to think about all the time. You have to think about it all the time because you're not sure when it's going to, the next gig is going to be there. But I, I, I think it's finally like my, my body slowed down and my brain is kind of ending that the train is starting to stop and I need to find that what the next like trigger is going to be to get it, that spark of motivation going. I, I love what you just said. Um, because <laughs> it was too much, right? It was, so no, amazing. no, it was, it was great. I was the, while you were talking, I was going through my year parallel to like listening to your year like i'm walking with you yeah and as you were stopping and saying what was happening i was just like and i was doing this at this point like i it was like i i had a whole visual attack right then and And i'm very similar to yours more than you said something i think you said something really really key walking with me you know and the thing about what happened in the pandemic is Nobody would know what everybody's individual story was if somebody mm-hmm. didn't say something. Exactly. You know? So people that are listening to this, and even you didn't know that how I was feeling, but if one person hears it and says, oh, yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I felt. Knowing that somebody else was in the same spot that you were last mm-hmm. year and the whole entire 2020 makes you think, okay, I'm not in this alone. I wasn't in this alone. Yeah. I didn't do those things didn't happen to me in vain or I was something that you felt lonely about you you have other people that have those same feelings and now yep. is my story different than somebody my next door neighbor absolutely I mean mm-hmm. it's a couple that lives like across the hall from me and is their story going to be different than mine and we share a wall yes absolutely but there's going to be somebody out there that listens to this and says aha yeah 
somebody else was doing the same exact thing. And you even said that you, you were walking through your, your own, your own adventures through the pandemic and it's parallel, you know? Yeah. Cause I, I, um, I definitely felt like the biggest difference between my and your experience was that I had two parts where I was just like kind of felt defeated. Yeah. And mine was at the very beginning because I had so much stuff that I had lined up. I had two TV shows. I was traveling for clients like in that April to May thing and all that got canceled. And I just I felt really defeated at that point because I was just like, I just started my business. I lined all this stuff up and then I got Oh, I got over it and I got okay. And I kind of leaned in and went to the, like, let's take a break. The world is slowing down, like doing that. Then I start slowly building up to like doing a lot of stuff, like the virtual cooking and mm-hmm. that I started doing. And when you said autopilot, so I had a moment, I had what you're feeling right now in December. Yeah. I was doing so much stuff in December and I was so busy. And it was that combination of I had started back doing the in-home gigs for my mm-hmm. clients, but I was also doing the virtual learning and I was also doing this. And I think like you were just saying, like I felt so overwhelmed that I was just like on autopilot and it was so bad. And I took a week off the week after New Year's and it was like my therapist, I went to my therapist and she was just like, yeah, you just need to take a week off and just mm-hmm. like reset. And that's what got me back on track. Like I, I legit just went away and I went to a hotel room and like by myself, just like no work, no laptop. And I just had to completely reset because I was on autopilot. I was just doing too much. Yeah. And, and yeah. I try, and I think I'm, I'm the same, uh, same boat. Like I try to, to kind of remove myself for like a week at a time. Say, mm-hmm. I'd say I'm like, oh, I'm going to go on spring break. But alas, somebody will email and then miraculously, uh, last week I was supposed to be on spring break and I did a live virtual event. I did two meetings. Mm-hmm. I was like I taught a class and it was like, oh, well, maybe I haven't taken a week off, even though it felt like a break because it wasn't 96 things. It was 46 it was, things. For, yeah. It was half the amount or a fraction of it. But really, have I taken that full time to to really kind of decompress? I don't think so. But I mean, an important thing to also add to the 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 mental state of how I was feeling is I lost a an um, like my best friend right yeah. in the in the the core of the lockdown. Like knowing that we were not going to be out of quarantine. Like middle of April and it's like, no, you're this is lockdown. Like you're going to be inside for two whole weeks. You're not going to go outside. You're barely going to do this. And that happened. And then I got word that I lost my friend. Like he was one day he we got we got word that he was, you know, in the hospital. And then the next day gone. So and that's that's similar to you know more than half a million people like mm-hmm. one day they were you're sitting at home and a loved one or your you know somebody that you were in a house with is sick and goes to the hospital and is there alone dying so yeah. it was it was a it was a very interesting spot to be in because many people were were that happened to and mm-hmm it was kind of a little bit of, how would you say it? 
you, you, I felt helpless. I couldn't do anything. Like we can't, you can't travel anywhere. You can't do anything. So how do you, how do you, you normally would just do everything in your power to go Mm -hmm. and make sure that the, you know, the, the last minutes with your best friend or with your family member, you want to be there, but you can't. It was so, it was like, it was such the, um, the conflict within inside of me. And then it was like, how do I kind of grieve in a f- place where I feel fine and safe? And so for a portion of the summer, I felt numb. It was just gotcha. like a numbing feeling because yeah. I didn't know how to, nobody could come over. It yeah, was like, everybody was scared. You like they normally would. Yeah, Everybody was scared about doing anything. So it was like, my mom and my family would check in on me and my friends would, but sometimes you just don't want to talk to people, you know, and it's easy yeah. when you're by yourself in quarantine to say, no, I'm not going to do that. Rather than somebody literally knocking your door down, being like, mm-hmm. I'm coming in to help you along with it. So it was a, it was a, a very challenging summer, but I think because I felt numb, a lot of it, it kind of sped past. Yeah. A lot of the summer just sped past. Before I knew it, it was the end of summer. And I was still feeling depressed. And I still was feeling this grief and this this way to get past all of that. And I mean, I think I think now that's part of something I'm dealing with. But um, I think the motivation thing is it's definitely more, more the forefront. Yeah. I thought it was important well, to bring up, because, you know, because a lot of people... No, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. It, I mean, and I actually... I did not lose a friend to COVID, but you guys will hear from Georgia on this season and you'll meet her. And she was in the hospital for COVID yeah. and I see you for almost a month and a half. And I think that's why I took COVID so serious from the beginning mm-hmm. because someone I cared about so much was like going through those things like initially. And it wasn't like a, cause a lot of people, didn't feel the effects of COVID until something happened, like their yeah. friend or somebody passed away. And I, I took it seriously right off the bat because of that. Yeah. And I, yeah, a lot of people went through that this year and I agree. Like uh, it's, it's hard already to deal with, with how you grieve, I think for mm-hmm. a lot of us. And then sometimes when you're, I know for me, if I'm grieving and then I'm working around people, I can kind of just like push it down and yeah. be like, well, I need, I need to work. I need to be strong right now, you know? But then like when you are alone, cause we're in quarantine, I can see how you can go from, I need to process this grief to, I just going to be numb and put out of the way. Cause I don't want to deal with this by myself. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you went through that. And yeah. And thank you. I appreciate that so much. And, you know, I told friends, I said, Hey, listen, I don't, I don't necessarily know if I'm strong enough to go through this myself. Yeah. I, I, I didn't want to talk about it with a lot of people. So I didn't, you know, because I yeah. said, I don't think I have the strength to like keep talking about it and being by myself and talking about it, everybody calling and being like, are you okay? Or what's happening? Mm-hmm. And I, I had to stop at a point and say, listen, I, I appreciate you calling me or I appreciate you reaching out. But right now I just don't have the energy and I don't think I have the strength to be by myself in quarantine and mm-hmm. continuously talk about this. And then you have to do it every single mm-hmm. time because in quarantine, we all can't contact you at the same yeah. time. So you're reliving it for every single person yeah. who's checking in on you. So, And I couldn't just run to a store or like run to grab coffee or do something outside yeah. of the normal that would help like kind of get me past anything. It was like, okay, I have to be in this place. I have to be in my space. 
and I have to be in this this mindset all the time. I can't. I and it's not like I disrespected people or I didn't want to hear from them. I just couldn't. And that's yeah. why I just I had to curtail everything. And I people would call me and I would just text them back and be like, I appreciate it. I just don't think I have what it takes to keep talking about it and being in quarantine by myself. And I think, you Which know, people, totally get, yeah. people were in quarantine by themselves. So they were like, oh, well, I'll just call them, you know, to, to, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, well, you plus 3,000 other people have reached At out. I appreciate it. I really, really appreciate it. But we got, you know, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, getting back to the tofu bowl here and light of that is one of the good <laughs> things about <laughs> one of the good things about this tofu Buddha bowl is that it kind of incorporates a lot of different vegetables that help you with your natural mood, which I learned when I was researching. Yeah. And, you know, like I have been a meat eater my entire life but i've gone through phases uh, where i was a pescatarian i've tried ve- vegetarianism um and i actually can i can honestly say from a viewpoint of it's very important to understand what goes into your body sure and i can tell you that like i know my body well enough and i think everybody should learn their body well enough to know mm-hmm. that when you when i eat certain things i know it's going to be super heavy i'm going to be sluggish or I'm going to eat something. I'm going to feel energized. And like, I know well enough now. And the great thing about this is after trying this, you really feel great. Um, So we're going to get in here and get some of these vegetables together. And before you even get these vegetables together that we already mixed out, we're going to tell you about one of these spice plants. So on our vegetable side and on our Buddha bowl side, we're going to use one spice blend. And then for our sauce, we're going to use the second one. And TJ, you should tell them what the name of the first spice blend is. Yeah. So when we were developing this, um, I wanted it to be something symbolic of my uh, my podcast and kind of also branching into this like vegetable and vegan thing. So we, mm-hmm. um, uh, Drake and I kind of you know, went back and forth and we found these really two great combinations. And the one we're going to use for the vegetables, I'm pretty sure is called entertainment. And it's a, it's, yes. it's a pretty, it's a pretty flavorful everyday, like an essential spice. Um, it's diverse and it really can go on just about anything. When I, when he sent it to me, I cooked it on of a myriad of vegetables and tofu. And I just tried a whole bunch of everything. And it had this kind of, diversity that was that you that isn't just like a a zesty or a a salty or a peppery Mm -hmm. sort of flavor it had a well-rounded flavor and i'm pretty sure when when we're finalizing all these things it's gonna be salt free yes which is super super good to know because you can use as much or as little as you want to not have to worry about that salt content in there with yes, additional salt. Yes, yes, so yes. that's a humongous plus. So entertainment is the one we're going to use on the vegetables. Do you want me to talk about the other one? Not yet. We're okay, going to keep okay. them in suspense. We're keep not in suspense. Yet, so. <laughs> you guys know we're using the entertainment blend now. And I'm just going to tell you that some of the spices that we have in here, some garlic, onions, ginger, rosemary, mustard powder, turmeric, white pepper and the key to why we don't need the salt in here is that we're using nutritional yeast here so it rounds it out it gives us that saltiness that we're used to so we don't feel like we're missing anything without having to add any salt in 
Mm-hmm. And the best thing about this, as TJ mentioned, is that when we did this collaboration, my goal was to make sure that he felt okay because he eats these foods all the time. And I never wanted to take away any flavor. I just wanted to enhance it. So this really yeah. just gives you that ability to like make your food better without taking away any of the natural flavors from your vegetables. Yeah. And I think so, when, when you when yeah. you make these vegetables, you put the same spice on different vegetables and a different mm-hmm. flavor comes out for each vegetable because it absorbs some and it kind of boosts some other ones and the combination yes. of like sweet with some of the spices that are in that entertainment blend are incredible. Like the sweet potatoes that you, you're going to talk about. And I will say, so I, I'm a big spice person. Like um, I love making sauces. I love making spice blends, which is why I started my spice blends last year. And one of the things that really got me into it was what you just said. I actually learned when I was, cause I'm super nerdy. If you guys don't already know, if you don't listen to my podcast, so I'm always trying to learn different stuff is that, that is actually something that really happens the same way that they develop cologne and perfume. Yeah. So when they do cologne and perfume, it smells different on each of us because of our natural pheromones and our natural smell and sweat that we give off. And that's exactly how we develop spice blends too. So yes, if you put this spice blend on your sweet potato, it's going to taste different from when you put it on your broccoli. It's mm-hmm. going to taste different from when you put it on your cucumber. So that's exactly what we wanted in here today. Yeah. And I thought it was really cool because... I was like, oh, that's a cool fact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and get some of these some of these amazing vegetables on. So we don't need to touch the tofu yet, but I want to get the sweet potatoes on because they're going to take pretty much the longest to cook. So I thought that we should roast these sweet potatoes off. Yum. And so a little bit of extra virgin olive oil, some of our entertainment spice. And we're just going to roast these off and have them so that they are soft in the middle and have mm-hmm. a nice texture and kind of crunch on the outside. So best of both worlds there. And then we're going to also go ahead and get some things pickling. Mm-hmm. So this will give us that kind of vinegar, amazing kind of bite there. So I want to pickle some of our beets here. I was going to pickle the cucumbers, but if you pickle cucumbers, it just turns into pickles. And I want cucumbers yeah. in here. So we're going to pickle the beets. <laughs> Which are really great. Like there's a different option that you don't normally see all the time. So pickled beets is a fantastic exactly. uh, benefit. And if you don't like beets that much, pickling your beets actually takes away from that really deep, rich earthiness that beets mm-hmm. have. But it leaves behind that amazing kind of bright flavor of the beet that you may not be used to. So when you drink beet juice, it's very bright. You know, mm-hmm. and it, it kind of gives you that very herbaceous. I mean, right how note. many people are drinking beet juice? Let's be honest. I here. mean, yeah, hey, we've been inside, so people have changed yeah. their methods out here. <laughs> okay. okay, fair enough. <laughs> but we're just going to pickle this with some apple cider vinegar, water, a little bit of sugar, mm-hmm. some pink Himalayan sea salt, and I'm going to drop in a few pieces of ginger. Yum. So just going to add a little bit of zest to our pickling. Yep. So we're going to get those two on because pickling is going to take a while and roasting is going to take a while. And while that's happening, I'm going to jump back into today's topic. So TJ, you opened up the floodgates of how we've been feeling mentally and yep. pretty much summing up like my year in a different way. And pretty much, I think a lot of people out there, when it comes to your daily life from mm. the pandemic, as you just talked about, you switched from working with a cruise line to you went mostly virtual. Like, what does your daily look like now? 
Um, okay. Daily 2020 or daily 2021 or just the evolution? daily 2021, like tomorrow okay. or this week, what would your day look like? Okay. So remember I was talking to you about needing to take, I was going to take a week off. Mm-hmm. Well, I, <laughs> I work in, I work for, and I do projects for the school board and they ended right before spring break. We got, I integrate arts into um, turnaround arts programs uh, I I help teachers with tools and tricks to kind of integrate um, arts learning into their classroom. Say if they're teaching a math skill or a language arts skill or a social studies skill, that I I show them cool ways that they can incorporate movement into it. So that ended in uh, before spring break, and I was like, okay, I'm get a week off, but alas, I still have one class to teach at my studio because my studio that I teach at dance studio is closed this current week so i was like okay i have one class to teach <laughs> oh but then i had two more additional meetings that had came up i had <laughs> i taught i i taught another class for an insurance company that i teach at and that one was already on the schedule so i was like okay now i have two classes to teach, mm-hmm. and then like two more meetings and then they're like okay can you do a can you host a virtual event i was like sure so then three more things showed up on my calendar i kid you not 2020 rolled around and I said, all right, I can't play around anymore. I had this like little book calendar (laughs) that I would rest on. You guys can't see, but I had this like high counter in my kitchen and I rested up there and I would stand when people would call me with my calendar open so I could see what, what there was. But now I have to sit down on to my left now, opposite of that, on the other end of the room, I have a desk and it has the full desk size calendar that's humongous. <laughs> so when somebody calls me, I sit down so I can see and write into it. And now I've come to the point where I've had to highlight as well because yes. some of the things I'm just like, I, I'm going to forget. Yes. <laughs> the thing that has that I've noticed about my daily schedule is it's become so sporadic because mm-hmm. there's so many meetings, yes, that are, mm-hmm. you know, oh, let's take a meeting at 11. Okay, and the next person's like, oh, I can do 1.30. The other one's like, oh, I'll do 4 o'clock. And <laughs> then somebody calls and like, can you do a 9? You're like, okay. So I have, there's four or five meetings in a day. But then there's like an hour and 15 minutes in between one, 45 minutes in between the next, two hours between the next. So it's like, I can never, I I can't find an even routine to stay on. And that's the kind of, that's what my daily takeaway is. Like I have not been on on a consistent routine in so long and i think maybe yes. this is why i'm going through this like mental You're struggle crazy because like, you know what's happening and then the day when it's like <laughs> you know there's some days it's like 8 a.m and it's you and i was ending at 9 30 and then there was like a 45 minute break two 15 minute breaks and a 45 minute break and you're like oh okay, well, this day could have been shifted around to the other day where I have one one meeting at 9, one meeting at 3.30, and one meeting at 5. Why couldn't I get some meetings in there? But, um, that I mean, that's just, I'm, I'm lucky to still be working and still kind of thriving yeah. off of these things. It's just the consistency is not there like it used to be. And I'm sure that's, it goes for everybody. The consistency during the pandemic was not there. Even when I was working virtually or at a home, I was doing online 
I was hosting online, uh, producing online comedy shows at night, like eight or nine o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. But I'd have to go to work at nine. But I'd have to take so off. You had like, this structure, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, but I'm I'm working seven to ten at night, so I'm like, okay. Then I have to backtrack and like kind of take away hours here and take away hours there. So then <laughs> before I know, it's like their consistency is gone. The consistency yeah. stopped. So routine is not there, and I I I need a little bit of I need a little bit of structure. But I love bit. I love the 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 freedom to. Um, make my own schedule. I mean, it's, it's genius. Anybody that does that is, uh, understands how lucky that is. It is a blessing. It really is. Mm-hmm. But is I, I totally agree. It comes with my follow-up question for you because I kind of feel the same way. I feel like so, and, and I'm so glad that you said about the big calendar because so oh, I huge. have, I have a big, um, dry race calendar and sometimes people ask me something i'm just like i have to wait to let you know and i know sometimes it's like well why don't you know you? and in my head i'm thinking because i need to get home to look at my big calendar yeah. to make sure that, that this day doesn't have this you know going on and i want like the biggest thing that i've been dealing with is what you just talked about that's consistency mm-hmm. like I like a little bit of structure. Like, you know, like my life and your life too, like coming from cruise ships and doing other things, like I I usually live with a contractual life, but I don't know exactly what's going to happen. But I know for four months, I'm going to be doing this. And then for a month, I'm going to be off. And then Mm -hmm. if I sign up for this, I'm going to be doing this. And now it's more like I live my life week to week. Yeah. Yeah, day to day. And sometimes I'm just like, (laughs) <laughs> like what is happening tomorrow uh oh so and then, the I, follow- then I, I um oh. by my next thing was i was gonna try to take this week off oh that didn't happen <laughs> i woke up this morning and people were like texting and, and emailed me i was like oh I guess this week's not gonna happen either <laughs> <laughs> but my fo- my follow-up question to you because yeah. of this is that we talked about already how most of us went to virtual and mm-hmm. you make your own schedule which is a blessing but do you think that we have a hard time turning work off now because we don't officially work in an office building or at a job where we leave for the day and, you know, we're at home. So it's just like, you're kind of always TJ the mogul right now. Like, you know, it never really turns off. So your brain's like, when are we going to be off? (laughs) Yeah. I think that's a really good question because when I was, when I was doing more, I hate to say official working, but when I, when I was working in an office and doing managing acts for an entertainment company, I, when we transitioned to at home, I still was working 10 to six or I was still working those hours. Um, But say I wanted to have lunch at, and the, the freedom behind where I was working is that if you wanted to go to lunch at noon and you got there at 10, you could. You know, you you had an hour. But when I was at home, I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll go for a run when during my lunch. That'll help me get my day kind of like, uh, I don't have to end so late. So I was like, okay, well, I'll go for a run. But then I was like, oh, well, while I'm working in the afternoon, I'll just eat lunch. So I was able to like multitask and do other things. And then I was like, okay, let me just take a break now. In the afternoon, when I was like, oh, I needed to step away from my computer, I would go for another walk or a short bike ride. And then I said, okay, well, I that bike ride went longer or that bike that walk went longer, or I would just go run into the pool and dive in and come out. Like, oh, that just happened a little bit longer. And I was like, okay, well, let me just, I can now can, because I'm sitting at my 
my house at my kitchen table, I'm like, oh, I can just work for 15 more minutes. Or, oh, you know, 8.30 at night, you're like, okay, well, let me just go back and, and you know, put those 30 minutes in and, and then kind of get a few more contracts out, get a few dates in, and then I'll be done, you know? So I think I, wa- I was that person that I liked that flexibility as long as I was working eight hours. Yeah. yeah. I could split it up however I wanted to. And I thought that was the most I do. And I was like, gosh, I can be more productive now because nobody's talking to me. Nobody wants to bring me cookies. <laughs> Nobody wants to call me. Well, the people still call me, but like I could get more work done because I was by myself. And then I knew I could get more work done when people weren't in the office or weren't, you know, signed on or logged on yeah. to TeamViewer. I was like, I could get more work done at night. I was like, oh, this is great. Now, can two people call me now all times of the day? Yes. <laughs> Do I think about things I have to choreograph at 11.30, 12.30, 1.30 at night? Yes. Do I, should I do them at 10 in the morning? Yes. <laughs> but I think about them at 1.30. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. well, I'm just going to choreograph this group dance right now. Or, I, oh, I'm just going to write this part of this grant right here, right now, mm-hmm. you know, just whenever. <laughs> whenever. <laughs> I would, and I have a really bad habit of taking my laptop to bed with me. No, 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 I do it. I do it, and I, I, your uh, computer, yes. I, where do you put I, it in my bed? Because I'll just be like, you know what, I'm just gonna review some stuff because I, I send out a lot of um invoices and I have to make a lot of menus. Oh, whoa, so I'm just whoa, like, whoa, 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 invoices are another thing. That keeps me up at night to make sure I spend all. <laughs> and because that's like, one of the things I re- I review like my different things and I'm like, did I, am I going to make the money that I was supposed to make this week? Exactly. I, but <laughs> this computer is staying right here on my desk. It's not going in the bed with me. I've got a TV in my own bedroom that I barely turn on. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I have my phone and I just watch yeah. like YouTube videos or you know TikTok for me. Mine's, mine's usually YouTube or Facebook videos. Um, but no, not the computer. Chime in. Uh, do you, who, who takes their computer to bed? Let, let us know. Because please I don't know about know. that. I, I hope I'm not the only one. But, now, um, do you roll over in bed with that thing on? Okay, so the thing about me, about my sleep, weird sleeping habit for Drake, I, whatever position I go to sleep in, I never move. That's the, so I no, wake up, that's I wake up the exact... No, I promise you. I, I, I mean... I get people to call in that been in bed with me but i promise you <laughs> that's a lie that's a lie i promise i just i sleep and i don't i don't move i wake up the exact same way <laughs> you want to hear a really funny story sorry you guys off tangent <laughs> off on a tangent um uh, uh my friends and family know this but when i sleep i can't have any of my own skin touching my own skin now, so what do you start? I can attribute. I can contr- attribute this to my mother. My mom. I don't know for some reason. When I was a baby, I used to sleep with something between my legs, like a blanket or something. Uh, um, as I got older, I did the same thing. I would have pillows between my legs, but as well, like I lay on my side, but like my hand can't be touching my face 
and like my hand can't be touch like can't be touching anything else. And sometimes, you know, when like the the sheet is there and it's uh-huh. like all laid out. Well, I kind of like crumple, I like put my hands out like a high five and then I crumple my fingers together so that the sheets are in like interlaced in into my fingers. fingers. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's like some sensation. I'm like, ah, uh. and like when I lay on my side, my feet can't even touch. So like my knees were, are, there's like a pillow in between my knees, a pillow in my, in my arms and my head. But like, I can put my hand under my head, but if it's under the pillow. So none of my skin can touch my skin. If I don't have a pillow, oh God, there's oh no way. God. I'm like laying kind of on my side, on my stomach, but like on my side, but nothing can touch. All of all of the energy you gave me for not moving in my sleep, you have a hug. No, it's, it's not impossible. Yeah, it's, it's impossible to not touch your skin to your oh, skin no. while you sleep. It's, it's possible. <laughs> I have only many uh, years that, that's a lot. There's the only weird thing I used to do, and I don't know why I don't I can't attribute this to anybody that I know of, but for years I couldn't go to sleep unless the pillow was over my face. Ew. Are you trying to show <laughs> <that>? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what kind of horror movie are we in? That, that, you know. <laughs> the sleep patterns of Drake and TJ. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do it anymore, but like, yeah, to the edge of suffocation. You're like, I need to. No, I just, I just needed it. I don't know the comfort. Anyway, I needed the comfort of the pillow over my face. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I don't When you say it out loud, it's, it sounds worse. Mine doesn't sound worse. I yeah, like it. No, no. <laughs> Another chime in. I want some Instagram messages after this one. You yeah. guys let us know who is worse. And I'm actually going to put a poll up when this episode comes out too. Because I want to know. Because I don't think it's me. Remember who show this is, people. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he's got 10, 10 Instagram accounts. This guy. <laughs> this guy. I barely could log on to my one. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's get back into cooking outside of our <laughs> respective <laughs> sleep patterns and stuff. We have our sweet potatoes cooking. They are pretty much good and blistered, which we like that word when it comes to this, because that means that we have that really nice skin on the outside that's mm-hmm. a little crispy and then it's soft on the inside. We can keep our beets in the pickling juice right now. We'll take those out a little bit later. Naturally, since we're serving this bowl with different components of warm and kind of room temp and cold items, we can pop the beets into the fridge. Mm-hmm. And that way, they're like a little cool action to this. Yeah. I think so that's go ahead pretty, and pop. That's a pretty fun part about all of this is like so yeah. there's temperature textures as well. I liked it. it. It just really like it's kind of a party in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and get our kale, which is pretty much the last vegetable in this that we're going to do anything to because we're going to keep the cucumbers and the grape tomatoes pretty fresh. So we can taste those very fresh. And then also the red cabbage. We're not going to do a lot to it either. Because the thing about cabbage is that we can absorb a lot of flavors with cabbage, but we don't want that to happen this time because we want to actually taste the cabbage. So with the cabbage, we're just going to toss it with some olive oil and some of our entertainment spice. And we're just going to do a quick saute on it. And then using that same saute pan, we're going to cook down the kale. So Mm -hmm. we are going to cook the kale a little bit longer because kale is one of those things where if you cook it low and slow, 
we can make it tender. Because yeah. it can be a little rough and tough, but Ugh. we want to we want to tenderize the kale here. So you guys, I'm gonna. This is the thing about kale. <laughs> I am a vegan, and kale is rough for me. Like, here's a little side note about kale. My mom used to work in a restaurant when she was really young before me, and she said, "I remember when kale used to be a decoration for a buffet." I said, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and used to last all day. She was like, oh we used to God. put it out at the beginning of the day, and it would be there the same at the end of the day. Nobody it wanted to eat changes. it. Yeah, it never changes. Yeah, it just looks like it. it We're like, gonna, I'm going to do this for you, and you will not you. look at kale the same. No, I mean, kale is... But people that are scared of kale, because, dang, it can be rough. It can be rough. It can. It's a very aggressive thing to try if you never had it. And it's just like, oh, don't, oh and okay. don't Don't eat it just, like, off of the stem. Like... And I think that's a big me? problem for people. A lot oh. of them try it that way. And so, because, you just, know, if you think about it, you're looking at it like it's spinach or something. No, and you yeah, taste yeah. all these different lettuce and you taste spinach. So you just taste the kale and just like, nope. <laughs> yeah. You're like, why does it taste like dirt in my mouth? And I'm chewing it like it's bu- double mint gum. Like it just doesn't <laughs> go away. For me, and the way that we were about to cook this, the reason why I actually fell in love with kale was because when I initially tried it, I treated it like it was Swiss chard because yeah. I actually love Swiss chard. Okay, but and we're gonna pretty much. I I don't know. It was just really good. Swiss chard. So, <laughs> ooh, ooh, it's really good. Here's another chime in. Chime in if you've had Swiss chard. Not, Everybody not out from there on making it for you. has Swiss chard. <laughs> not from Drake. Not making it for you. This is the time my mom's gonna chime yes, in. Like, I've had it. <laughs> We're going to start this off, though, same pan. We're going to do the same pan. We just kind of saute this cabbage off in. And we're going to go ahead and get some onions. Mm. So we can use some onions here, a little extra virgin olive oil, onions. And we're going to get those a little soft or translucent. So that's when, if we're using red onions, they kind of turn to that pink color. If mm-hmm. you're using white onions, they'll t- start to turn clear. Use either one you like right now. I'm just doing just sliced onions because we're going to add it in with the kale. So just thin slices. Once those turn translucent, we're going to go ahead and chop the kale up. So Good. just like ribbons or strips of kale. You mm-hmm. can even tear it if you want at this point because mm. we're going to cook it down. So you can rough tear it or just do a rough chop. We're going to toss this in. And then the key here is that we're going to keep our heat very low. And we're going to use some of the vinegar base from our beets. Yes. And we're going to pour it in here to then cook the kale slow and low and kind of tenderize these kale leaves and break it down. Break it down. So we got that going on. All of our vegetables are going. The last thing we need to do is to address our tofu. So also, we are we have choices here. Now, we could do some crispy fried tofu or we can just do some tofu that we just toss in after we season it. We're using some extra fried tofu, so we have the option. So what would you like to do, TJ? I think extra crispy. Here's the reason why. Because even if you don't like tofu, Mm -hmm. if it has a texture on the outside, it's a lot more doable for people. People that see a cube of white, they know it's tofu and they're like, this is not for me. This is that this is, is very true. I agree. I was leaning towards fried. No, for me, you know. You guys know that I love a little fried, so you know I was leaning, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to persuade you. Yeah, no, way. I'm a fried <laughs> tofu, and also part of this bowl is 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 textural as well. So something that's going to mm-hmm. hold up to there's like a soft of a roasted potato and a crunch of so many other things. 
if there and there is a soft from an avocado so having a soft of tofu might palate wise kind of yeah. not fit in so i'm always a firm believer of of a saute or a fried tofu well luckily i have the perfect breading for it because i was hoping luckily, you went this yeah. way <laughs> so speaking of what you were just talking about that kind of texturize there the trick that i have for tofu is that one whenever you saute or want to do some crispy fried tofu and we're just shallow frying this guys mm-hmm. we don't need a deep fryer for this mm-hmm. we're just taking we're just taking some vegetable oil now i'm switching to vegetable oil because we want a high heat oil here not your extra virgin olive oil that will burn by the time we get the crispiness so i'm just switching to some vegetable oil here with a high fat content or a high heat use an avocado oil we could use an avocado oil. So if you have avocado oil or coconut oil, you can use either one of Sunflower those. Sunflower oil? Sunflower is a little light. Is it? it? Yeah. So that's why you, if you notice, when you buy the truffle oil, a lot of them would say sunflower oil infused with truffles. So anytime that you have something like that, it's a lighter oil that we use for vinaigrettes, for the same same way we use our extra virgin olive oils. Gotcha. But- if you have avocado oil, it actually would work great here because we're using avocado later. So, yes, we can switch it now to avocado oil. Okay. And we're going to go ahead and batter this in a way, but we're not going to do a traditional southern batter here with buttermilk and everything. The thing no. is that, yeah, no, the tofu is naturally going to be moist because we keep it in water. Now, to get a really nice crispiness, you need to get moisture off. Yeah. Because if moisture's on there, it won't actually fry. Boo, yeah. In the sense of, I used to work hard and not smart when it came to cooking tofu, and I used to dry the tofu out and then like use paper towels to get all that moisture out. I actually started thinking, like instead of reinventing the wheel, if I was frying chicken, I would batter it or base it in buttermilk and then put it into my flour mixture. The tofu already kind of has that milky or liquid texture on outside. So what I do now is I combine cornmeal and cornstarch equal parts as my kind of batter that I'm using outside, putting in my spice blend here, which would be the entertainment spice. And it's going to make that cornmeal cornstarch stick to the tofu because it has that natural wetness that has been holding on to from the water. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be just like a Southern fried tofu naturally out of the packet yeah and you and anybody that hasn't tried tofu you just need to cut it open and drain you gotta get the water off yeah just drain the water off off. get that water drain the water off (laughs) but this is going to give us some texture it's going to stick well to it and give us a nice crispiness so we're just going to fry it off and the good thing is that we're just going to cut this. The tofu is going to come in a plank. We can easily cut these into the squares that we want. And I'm just cutting it in the squares to fit into the bowl. So it's kind of the same size as most of my vegetables. Going to go ahead and batter those. Fry these off. Leave them to the side a little bit. And in just a second, we're going to build this bowl to make this sauce. Yum. Now, before we get to that... Let's go ahead and jump back in here, TJ. Mm-hmm. And we've done, a, we've already covered a lot about the pandemic so far. We I did. Think we, we hit a lot of high notes. Um, you've helped me already. Like you've opened my eyes with some of the things you said and made me look back on my last year a little yep. bit more. And one of the things that I want to ask you is 
after all the things that you've done and your daily life has changed, you went through a lot of things last year. You're still dealing with some things. Is there anything that you did like either work-wise or even just like, I don't know, like hobby-wise that was outside of your comfort zone that you don't think you would have did in 2019? Um, yes. I think the work-wise, I think the whole fact of having everybody move to a virtual setting is probably the easiest answer. Mm-hmm. Like the amount of time spent on the computer in 2020 has exponentially increased since what I was doing in 2019. But in ways of not just sitting in front of a computer and doing work, but like ways of trying to reinvent how something is seen, like how, how to teach a dance class. This is the easiest way I'd like to describe it to people. How do you teach a dance class on a platform that's meant to host meetings? So a platform like Zoom is there, was designed for a conference. People sit down, they look at each other, information is given out. You might look at a PowerPoint, you might share that, and you might share some ideas back and forth. How do you now play music, make your voice sound equal equalized to that music, uh, make yourself so that 100 people in small little boxes can see you and make sure the information that you're in a two dimensional setting gets into a three dimensional form. So really bending what we knew as, um, as normal or what was becoming normal and really investigating how it could be stretched to its furthest extent. And I think that's something that's completely different. Did you ask me what was completely different? No, oh, we're talking about outside of your comfort zone. Outside of my comfort zone. So definitely yeah. that, like learning those new things were, were completely outside of my comfort zone. And I think personally, I decided I was going to run. Like I don't like, mm-hmm. I did not like running. I started it in 2019. <laughs> I mean, in 2019, yeah. And I was like kind of there. And then I was like, okay, 2020. I remember you saying you were going to start it. I did. And I did pretty yeah. well. I did like a month and a half, two months. I was like, okay. And then in the summer, I was like, okay, I'm going to start this again. I had good. There's no reason why. I was like, okay. So I did it. I did it for a really long time. And then something happened and I stopped. Mm. I can't even remember what I did. I just stopped. <laughs> I just stopped. And that's something new that I was that I was trying to be outside of my comfort zone. And then I gave myself a, a task. I said, I got to try something different. I want, last time I did this, wanted to do something on my comfort zone. I started my podcast in uh, 20, Jesus, 2019. I did it. Yeah. Gosh, it's not even been two years. Yet. Um, 2019, I, I did it and I was like, okay, what am I going to do for 2020 or what goals do I want to set for myself? So I said, okay, next year I want to write a book. So I was hemming and hawing over what I wanted to do. And then the end of the year came around. I was like, okay, we'll set your goal for 2021. So, okay, 2021, I'm going to write a kid's book. So I want to write a kid's series. So that was kind of like thinking differently for myself. I wanted to write a series of kid's books um, this, this year. So that's kind of my, my new goal for myself that I set last year. But mm-hmm. I think ultimately something outside of my comfort zone was really being virtual in this setting 
teaching yeah. and trying new things and being with people and being with people, but without being with people. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> and that was like the most I could do. That's the most that any of us could do for so long, yeah. you know? So I think that's probably the best answers. I actually can attest this. And this is why I want to ask you, because my answer stems from you. Ah. I was on your podcast, yes. which I've already talked about, which pretty much gave me the like push to do my own podcast. Yeah. And that was the first step for me to get outside of my comfort zone because ah. I'm very, very, I I don't know, like I I don't feel like I'm very conservative or like structured in a lot of things. But when it comes to me doing stuff for me and doing mm-hmm. like just putting me out there, I'm very like reserved about it. Sure. And so like getting on a podcast was super duper outside of my comfort zone. And then the other thing that recently you kind of like lingered me into doing was I, and it, it sounds very small, but it's very, very big for me. <laughs> I put out, um, publicly yes. me rapping yes. on social media, <laughs> which I've been writing. I've been writing poetry my entire life. And like some of my friends know, like, and they've heard me and stuff, but I've just never, I've never done it for like the public. Yeah. So, and I don't know. It was just like something. It was like the combination of talking to you about it. And then I talked to my mom about some stuff and I was just like, you know what? Like, I just, like, I think it was like the combination of everything. Like, life is too short. We're in a mm-hmm. freaking pandemic. Like, it's not like I, I'm so used to like structuring my personal life like a business or a brand mm-hmm. that I have to remember sometimes they're like, I'm also just me and it's part of me. So, yeah, that was that was my big thing. Yeah. And no, I remember. I remember when those things happened and do you. What a question for you is what made you want to step outside that to start your podcast? I mean, I've told everybody about mine. Like, I, yeah. my reason was I needed to find answers for what to do next. And I grew up in my life thinking that my voice wasn't important or it wasn't, it didn't, it wasn't sounding the way it should, but really mm-hmm. I had to focus on what was coming out of it and having those dial that conversation and those, uh, those dialogues with friends of mine that could help me find out what I need to, to know. And that helped me overcome, you know, my fear of the way my voice sounded or what people yeah. thought of my voice, like, because it was the information that was, that was coming out. That was important. What, yeah, what I, made you? Very similarly, I did not like my voice so much, yeah. like, um, younger wise and doing America's test kitchen actually helped me with that part of it. The podcasting part, the hesitation was that I didn't think anybody would want to listen. Like it was yeah. just like it was just like I, I'm just like I don't know. Like who wants to actually listen to the information I'm giving? And I think what really made me go for it was that the month that I started the podcast, I was completely not doing anything else here in Georgia. See? Like I had stopped going into homes. I had stopped like, yeah. I, and I was just like, I was getting kind of bogged down because I'm a very creative person. I just like doing things. Like I'm actually in the process of writing a cookbook, but I'm writing it in a very 
strategic way that I mm-hmm. did like in my mind, like, and not, I'm always constantly trying to do these things. And it was just like this month of last year and July where I did nothing. And I was like, I need to get some type of creativity out. Yep. And so the podcast came, the podcast idea came from you. And I started in a podcast, which led me to do the TikToks and the the cooking videos that go along with the podcast. And then that actually led me to doing virtual cooking classes. Mm-hmm. And then that led me to doing corporate classes. And that led me, t- and it was just like, it it pretty much re-energized and jump-started yeah. my second act <laughs> in yeah. a way. Yeah, that's great. And I, anybody that's listening that wants to start a podcast, and I think you can, you can attest to this too, is like, like you said, you're not sure if anybody wants, is going to listen or wants to listen. But here's the thing you and I both know from our statistics that we have, there are people out there that want to listen, that are listening, you know, and in my wildest dreams, did I think that somebody from people from Iran or Iraq or India or any Mm -hmm. Ireland, Scotland, like 30, 36 countries, you know, Turkey. Yeah. 36 countries are going to listen to this. You know, I thought it was going to be two, two people. You know, I thought, I thought, I thought maybe one that was going to be my mom. Yeah. So. <laughs> and then me playing it in my car, you know, but it was yep. like, oh, people are listening. Okay. Well, maybe this is good. Maybe this is important because something that you say is going to help somebody else. And I think ultimately, if it helps one person, you're better off for it. So True. laying down whatever, whatever notion you think that nobody wants to listen to it, it's okay. Because if one person is affected by it, you uh, exponentially helped that person and then their circle of people, because you help them, they feel better they or they've learned something. And, that, and yeah. it just kind of, it kind of goes. And I've, I've, you know, I'm going into two years with my podcast and people reach out to me and they mm-hmm. say, oh, I want to, we're, we're interested about going on cruise ships. Like somebody reached out to me on Instagram, DM me, and then I talk to somebody else and I said, Hey, listen, do you have a whole group of people that want to, they want to do this? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, okay, well let's get them together. You know, I'll, I'll talk to them, but I have great stories. I have yeah. a whole podcast series that they can listen to people. You know, if I get to know them, I can say, Oh, you, you remind me of my friend Erica or, Oh, you're, mm-hmm. you're like exactly like my friend, Michael. This is his experience. He went through like, a lot of it is like, do I go to school or do I not? Oh, you didn't go to school? Okay, well, you can be this, listen to this one. Or you did go to school, you can listen to this, my friend Rachel. She went exactly. to school. She did all of these things, even though she still went to school. So people are reaching out. And even people as young as like 12 and 13 are saying, oh, what do I need to be doing? You know? So you see the effect from all of that. And like having that resource there and saying, oh, you should listen to so-and-so. Because they gave a really good advice about, you know, when they were younger and they made mm-hmm. this, they made this one decision and affected that going like bing, bang, boom. That's how they got there. So I have people all the time reaching out to me saying, oh, I love it. Or can you help me with the, or what do you think about? And those are, that's, that's a, an amazing feeling about something that you might not have said, oh, nobody's going to listen to it. Or I have a feeling that nobody wants, wants to hear what I have to say. People, there, there's people out there that are listening to it yep. all the time. Even when you're slacking and you don't put anything out, i.e. me, because I uh, like went through this lull right now that I'm just like creatively, I'm 
and not in this place, in a space to do it. But people are still listening. Yes, there's, and that's yeah, it's yeah. People are everything still listening. You said, I test like I said, everything you said. It was it's and it's an amazing thing because it's one of those things where it's not forced. Like you know, like it's it's you out there giving your own. Like I'm giving you my advice, but I'm also giving you my stories. I'm not. I'm not giving you anything that I wouldn't give to my friends. And so it's coming from the heart. And I'm not trying to like push you into doing anything. It's just simply like, here's an example of this and take it for what it is and take away the good parts. And, yeah. you know, and it's letting all those people that really can't have their skin touching the skin when they sleep know that oh you're not alone. God. You're not alone. You are alone. You're, you're alone. essentially alone. You're not with <laughs> anybody else. <laughs> Don't let anybody shame you, all right? You just I'm not that, shaming you. you keep no that shame. Skin, not touching the skin. <laughs> Shout out to all my people out there who have to use a pillow to go to sleep at night. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go ahead and finish up our bowl part of yes. the Tofu Buddha Bowl. So we are going to bring everything together now. We have our crispy tofu. We have our kind of crispy yet soft and really kind of pillowy sweet potatoes now. Mm-hmm. We have our fresh tomatoes and cucumbers. We have our slightly sauteed off purple cabbage. We have our cooked down tender kale. Tender. Tender. <laughs> yes. And we have our pickled beets. Yep. We want to arrange these in a very colorful, just organized way. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on one second. Pickled yes. beets. Did you get these out of a can? No, we pickled the beets from like, fresh beets. From fresh beets. Okay. I don't, yes. I don't know. I will say if you're in a pinch and you do only have access to a can, you can't really pickle of canned beets because they're already kind of unintentionally pickled and the the beet juice that it comes in but we can kind of mimic it if we're in a hurry or if you cannot find beets and what you want to do is you want to pour off that beet juice that comes in a can you want to rinse it under the sink and then you want to slice the beet so you don't want to actually have the slice that comes in the can you want to slice that first layer off and then put that beet into the pickle juice. So basically, if you think about it, we're just like doing the same slice? thing. Slice the slice and just oh, a thin geez. slice. So think about when you have flowers at home. So the flowers will absorb the water in your vase. And then the next day, you need to cut a little piece of the flower off so it can absorb more water. We want the beet to absorb the flavor of the pickling juice. So we want to cut off that kind of part that's already in that pickling or that juice from the can and now it can absorb the pickling juice. Okay. All right. Continue. So it, it, it's just if you're in a pinch, you know, but mm-hmm. otherwise use fresh beets and that way you can just get a really nice flavor on them. So we're going to arrange these now and then I like to put the avocado right in the middle. Yeah. Right on top Dark. of that. Yeah. So it, I mean, it is. It's going to give us that creaminess. It's going to give us that really nice fresh creaminess there. Mm-hmm. I like to put it right in the middle right beside the tofu. So it's like that creaminess next to that texture, kind of crispiness. And now we need to make our sauce. Yes. So before we make our sauce, though, the people need to know what's the name of the spice blend we're using and how do you describe it, TJ? Yes, perfect. So my podcast, again, we we had entertainment. And this uh, entertainment was kind of that mild, really flavorful, essential, like everyday use. 
And then the next one is called Showbiz. So my podcast is called Ease Entertainment and Showbiz Experiences. So I went and we decided to name the second one Showbiz. And Showbiz is a little bit zestier. It has a little bit more of a punch. It's definitely bold. It has it just kind of is packed with different flavors, global flavors. Um, it's super addicting. I was when we were when Drake sent me the uh, the the trials of it. I said, "There's something in it that I just can't stop eating," and I didn't know what it was. And so we kind of decided that there was a few spices collectively together that made that like. I don't know if this is a, a true statement, but this like umami addiction to it. It does. I think so too. I definitely think it has that umami like vibe going on. Yeah. There was something like addicting that I just didn't want to stop eating it. It's definitely a unique flavor, but it's, it, it really can withstand a lot of things. So I think, yeah. I think um, showbiz is going to be a, a, a nice, powerful punch for everybody. And again, I, I, it's going to be salt free. Yes, 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 so, yes. So running down the lot. list, <laughs> running down the list for the showbiz, we have some garlic powder, onion powder. We have some curry powder in here, which adds mm-hmm. to that global span we were talking about. We also have some cumin, some red pepper powder, some black pepper. And then the two that I think really helped that umami you were talking about yeah. going to be your cloves and your five spice that we have yeah. in here. And then rounding it out again so that we do not have to add salt. So keep it kind of salt-free here is that nutritional yeast. So it gives us that natural kind of saltiness that we don't have to add salt to get it. Yeah. And a lot of what what you... If you're listening and you don't know what nutritional yeast is, a lot of vegans use it as a cheese substitute because it has mm-hmm. that like salty, nutty flavor to it. And um, you can vegans substitute a lot of cheese things with that flavor of nutritional yeast. So, which I mean, is what caused us to put it in here because mm-hmm. we're kind of doing the same thing, not for the cheese aspect, but for that saltiness and that kind of just. You know, because if you think about it, for those of you who have never tried it or really you eat cheese a lot, Parmesan, we do the same thing for Mm -hmm. Parmesan. We'll add Parmesan to dishes to give you that kind of salt finish without adding salt to it. Mm -hmm. And nutritional yeast does that same exact thing when you want that none, you know, yeah, yeah, Parmesan on there, none cheese. Yeah, (laughs) non-dairy. You have non-dairy. Couldn't think of the word, (laughs) non-dairy. Yeah, so we have this, and we're going to add some of this showbiz spice blend with some maple syrup, some tahini Mm. sauce, and a little bit of mustard. And in this case, I'm going to use some grain mustard because it's going to give us a little bit of texture, a little bit of kind of just that deep mustard flavor. And everybody take. If you've heard my podcast last time, you guys know I'm a, a yellow mustard fan through and through. So no, no. this grain mustard is okay. It's okay. <laughs> but you know, I usually I'll stand for I'm I'll stand for a yellow mustard. But continue. And you know, you know the reason why we're not using yellow mustard to me because yellow mustard is very, very strong. Oh my gosh, so, yeah. 
And people think that it's like, it's one of those things where you look at all the different mustards. It's like, oh, it's honey mustard, grain mustard, blah, blah, blah. It's like, and yellow mustard is a good one to go with. It's like, it is. And it's amazing. And we grew up eating yellow mustard on hamburgers and hot dogs. But if you think about it, it always cuts through. <laughs> yeah. You always taste it. You don't need to taste a hot dog. You don't it's need gross. to taste it. <laughs> it's absolutely gross. And in this case, we're working on a marriage of flavors. Yeah, so okay. the grain mustard works better. <laughs> so just in a little bowl, we just want to mix these three items together with some of our showbiz spice blend. And you just want to have the consistency of pretty much a what we would have if we made some fresh peanut butter right. from peanuts. So you just like, and that's the consistency we want, just like to pour right on top. The tahini gives us that automatically. Everything mm-hmm. else just kind of falls into place. And we're going to finish this off with a little drizzle on top. And before we serve this, though, heading back over to TJ, when we think about everything we talked about tonight, looking back on everything that's happened in the last year and just the pandemic and, you know, where you are now, if you had to say so, did you think that you changed for the better or for the worst? over the last year? Um, that's an interesting that's an interesting question because I think I change for the better because I allowed myself to make a pivot without overthinking it. And I think in my life, I overthink a lot of things and I mm. try to always pre-plan too much and i think the pandemic was an equalizer for all of us because we couldn't pre-plan what what april was going to look like or what the next week or the next day was going to look like so making that pivot and kind of going into something different quickly was something that i had to learn and i think i doing that i made myself get past a lot of my insecurities about mm-hmm. making decisions quickly. When I when I manage things entertainment wise, I may, I'm able to make those quick decisions and they're smart and they're well thought out. But we didn't know what this was. We didn't know how yeah. this was going to affect any of us. So making the right decision quickly was new for me when it came to something like this and really making that pivot and kind of riding the wave with the people that were in my circle or in my in my network was um, incredible. It was so much fun. So I think for the better, I, I, I see that all those experiences for it. Now, if I'm in a room of people next year or the end of this year, and they mm-hmm. think I am lame and haven't done anything <laughs> or haven't changed, then we'll find out, you know, maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't change for the better. Maybe but that's their perception of you. And right. this is who you feel like you changed. So now, that's, you know, have I, have I kind of leaned more into this like uh, solo lifestyle? Yeah. It's made me have to like really lean into this solo lifestyle that yeah, I should be, around more people and feel more exerted. But like as this introvert that I am, I feel comfortable and it's really kind of made me become more introverted because of the whole pandemic. So is that great? No, but I think everything that I've done pivoting and the success of things that I have had last year during this, the hardest time ever was, was great. I thought that I thought, yeah, 
I didn't have that so bad of a year when I think about it that way. Nice, nice. I think that's a good way to wrap up how we looked at the pandemic this yeah, year. Our seven hour interview. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely think that that earned you your own Buddha bowl. So now we will yes. serve this with a little bit of finishing herbs. And I always mention to you guys, I do not like for people to put herbs onto the dish that don't make sense. And this is one of those rare occasions where we did not add a lot of herbs into different things here. But there's a caveat. We have herbs in our spice blends. Yeah. So when you don't add herbs into your dish, but you are using different spices, you can use those herbs to help finish off. So for this one, we have a little bit of ginger and rosemary and other things in our spice blends. We don't want to use those things on top, though, because they're going to take away from all the work we put inside. Yeah. So what you can use is an herb that goes along with that, which would be cilantro. Cilantro! Yes! Yes. And that's why we use it. I just want to let you guys know why we're using it. We're not using cilantro just because it's green, it's in the grocery store. We're using it because it has a purpose here, and it's going to give us flavor and keep enhancing the flavor that we have. So rough chop some cilantro, pop this right on top. As you know, cilantro goes really well with the avocados. So it's going to mm-hmm. be an amazing bite right there. And there you have it. You got your Buddha bowl. Oh, I mean, you. I could eat cilantro as lettuce. Like that's yeah, how much I like I, cilantro. I like will have. I don't know if this is too much information, but I I make spring <laughs> I make spring rolls all the time now. That's what I've done, and like I watched YouTube for all of 2020, and I was obsessed mm-hmm. with watching um, Korean mukbangs. And watching people eat things, and I watched this one it's girl. So I'm not. I'm don't not come into it. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you? No, no. I mean, I love to cook, but it's just you're not into the, the mukbangs. People eating. I yeah. do that. I. This is my. This is my life. I love watching people eat. There's this one. What one girl with millions of followers, and she can eat piles and piles and piles of food. I kid you not. I'm going to send you the link. Um, she'll eat so much stuff, <laughs> and she's like. So tiny. I think that's why a lot of people watch her. But I was watching, like, B Loves is one of, she's like a pretty famous one. I was watching her I for a while. I love her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's great. She eats, yeah. you know, she eats, she, her way of eating is one style. But I was watching this one girl, Kim Tai, and she was rolling spring rolls. And I said, after like watching her do probably 20 videos, it's like, I got all these things. I'm going to make this. And you know, by the end, now I still roll almost weekly, sometimes daily. I roll spring rolls and I will put a whole, I kid you not, bunch, handful of cilantro. Cilantro. Stem, leaves, all the whole nine yards in there. And I even have a cilantro cashew dipping sauce that I make. I, mm, it's like cashew and it's like, not cashew, it's cilantro infused. I love it. But the more the merrier. Put the stems on there too. Put oh the stems God. in the bowl. I've been telling people I'm gonna take different sound bites out of context, like what yeah. the radio does. And yours is gonna be I roll daily. I roll daily. <laughs> I'm just gonna put that out there. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the thing. What am I rolling? Yeah, my spring roll standing in my kitchen because you got to have 900 things prepared. <laughs> I don't even have enough room because my turned my dining room table into a desk during the pandemic. I painted my dining room wall so I could have a dance studio. You guys can't see it, but his dining room wall is amazing. I painted this geometric, uh, like multicolored geometric 
thing on the my living room wall. I sacrificed my, I mean, so my dining room wall, sacrificed my dining room so I could have a dance studio so I could teach kids in my house while mm-hmm. I'm virtually. And my dining room is in my living room. So I don't even have a dining room table anymore. It's filled with papers and filled with things. So I have to stand in my kitchen and, and roll my spring nice. rolls. Roll my <laughs> spring rolls. Well, thank you for of taking course. time out of your spring roll day to come here and talk to my people and be on the podcast. I always enjoy having amazing people that I like in general. Um, and so, yeah. you know, you're my best friend. So it's always good to have you on here. So. It's always good talking to you and kind of, you know, sharing with your community. Um, it's a different community than than I have. So it's always nice yeah. to reach out to those, those different people that I normally wouldn't hear on a weekly basis on, in my community. And all of you are more than welcome to listen to, yes. to, to my podcast. Drake's been on it a couple of times, like he mentioned, it's called ease podcast and you can find it on Instagram, uh, Facebook. It, it's on SoundCloud, or you can go to my website, TJ T J T E K U R I O.com. And in there you'll find out stuff about me and what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I offer free, um, free, uh, movement classes for senior citizens. Um, so you can find a tab in there, but you also can find my, um, podcast in there. So you can snoop around, check out all those things, or you can find it on, um, on social media. Yeah. And, uh, give it a listen. If not, give Drake's a listen. If you don't listen to the whole thing, his are, his are pretty rad. And, uh, the last one we just did during the pandemic was, was super fun because we just were being, we were being, we were being dumb. <laughs> we <were> just, <laughs> it also, <laughs> it gave me the opportunity to be on a new streaming podcast service, which is Pandora because yes! I called them out on your podcast, ironically, or I should say, all of a sudden, I got All an email saying that I got approved for Pandora. So yes, see, yes, truth, yes, things happen. Yes, yeah, yes. no, it's really good. And you guys, everybody can find me at uh, tjtechario.com or on Instagram, yes. Facebook, um, TikTok. Eh, I started and then I'm not. I'm not a follow through. I don't. He's getting into it though, guys. Don't let him fool you. I don't necessarily think it's my thing. I tried, um, but I'm, I'm Instagram. I'm, I'm trying to Twitter. I'm trying to Twitter. We'll see what happens. That's where I. That's where I lack it. I lack it tweeting. I like I'm actually the least on there. So, but as you guys, like I told you, I was pretty um, transparent with that. I'm a lack of motivation right now. So, yeah. hopefully, this new adventure with our um, with our experiences blend with mm-hmm. entertainment and showbiz to get me back and on a new new way of thinking. I think so. Well, thank you once again, TJ. And thank you guys for listening. Remember that we will be back with new episodes every week. So get ready to take a listen. Every week. Every week. (laughs) (laughs) And I hope you guys have a great night. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Cooking Your Way Through Life with Chef Hollywood.